0: house of the lord And to those of you that are on watching us via YouTube I want to give a real quick shout out to my aunt Judy and my aunt Barbara in Deep East Texas They're watching from afar That's not fire That's afar Okay okay That's all right but uh, anyway, but uh, real quick while you're standing, I want to give honor to uh, the, the, my, grand, my children, my grandchildren, my beautiful wife. Other than God, she is the only reason I am here today. I met her. She brought me here. So it's like if I wouldn't have known her, I would have been here. God, ha- God works in mysterious ways uh, I'd like to give honor to this, this, the ministry of this church The staff of this church You all are uh, an, a vital part of this family I want to give honor Yes, yes I want to give honor to the first family Sister Hannah Sister Sister Ruth sister Jackson y'all mean y'all mean the world to me and a special thank you to sister Ruth for, for uh, attending one of my events. Thank you so much. I'm still getting emails and messages. Who was that lady that spoke last? Yes it was. A testament to the anointing. when the lady walked in the room, it was there. It was there. All right. But, uh, Bishop, I want to give honor to you. And I've said this before. It's one thing to say I honor you from the pulpit, but when I walk out and I go to my office and when I go to an event, wherever I go in the state of Texas versus the United States, I want to make sure I give you honor. With every step I take, with every word I speak, I'm going to start off real quick with the Colossians chapter two, verse ten. I am going to read one scripture, so we can. I'm going to let y'all sit down. I know y'all look so tired. I know those that are covering two, two, two uh, services. It's 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 a lot of work, and I appreciate your efforts. Colossians chapter two. Verse 10. And ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. Bishop, if you'll pray over the word. In the name of Jesus, Lord, your word is anointed. Anoint your man's servant to give us the counsel of your will. God, I pray that the word go forth in liberty and power And demonstration. God, I pray against any distractions. God, I'm asking that you would stop them and allow us to embrace the word that's about to come forth. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. You may be seated if you can, if you can stay seated. This is an apostolic church, so it's okay to stand up and holler, amen, and praise the Lord and gloria a Dios. Gracias, senor. All right. Today I'm just going to talk about my testimony. Uh, it was a struggle because it's a lot of times people don't like to talk about themselves. Now, there are those that do enjoy talking about themselves, but I am not one of those. Yes, Josh, I know. He's laughing. <laughs> oh, yeah? Oh, you Anyway. But we're talking about my testimony. And the scripture that came to my mind was a scripture that was uh, spoken over me years and years ago. And it talked about my life and at the stage of my life that I was in, uh, the the preacher, uh, the pastor actually prayed this prayer over me that he wanted, that God had his hand on me. And in Colossians chapter two, two, verse six, it reads, as ye Have therefore received Christ the Lord, so walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him, and established in the faith, as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Beware lest a man, any man, spoil you through philosophy or vain deceit, after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ." For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Let the church say amen. Amen. And here's verse 10, my my key key scripture. And ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power, in 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 whom also ye are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, and putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye have risen with him through the faith of the operation of God, who hath raised him from the dead. And you, being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses that's where I had to begin. Uh, the date was March eleventh, 1971. I was an eight-year-old little boy at a little country church in East Texas, and we were that little group of boys that would sit on the front pew, and we really, really didn't listen too much to the preacher what he was preaching because we were just waiting for the altar call. As soon as the altar call was called, we We were at the altar. We were praying and we were seeking God, trying. We wanted the Holy Ghost. We wanted the Holy Ghost so bad because that's all we had heard for years and years, all the years of our (laughs) our little eight-year-old lives. We were so focused on what we wanted to receive from God. And at eight years old, I received the gift of the Holy Ghost for the very first time. And it changed me. And yes... I was that kid that could not play church, Brother Trini, because we'd all gather at the at, at house and we would, so whoever was watching us and we would start pretending to play church. And we would sing the songs just like the adults and we would act, we would pretend to shout like them and we would make, oh yeah, we had a lot of fun. But I was the one that was always, it was my turn to preach. I would always start praying and the Spirit of the Holy Ghost would fall on me and everybody that was having fun didn't have fun anymore because I, all of a sudden I was serious. I was like, Mom, Mike's doing it again. He's crying and praying. But I was that sensitive child. I was the one that was, I took it serious. It meant a lot to me. <laughs> I guess I was just that sensitive person. I was just a little child. And, and looking back... After all these years, God had a purpose. I said this earlier, I grew up in a small country church, and one of the biggest events we ever had in the year. You know, I went to school, I did chores, I fed the animals. That's all I did. And those of you that want to raise animals, I had to do it, so it wasn't an option. So if you get the option, enjoy it, because when you have to do it, it's not fun. But at this, at once school was out, we started making plans for youth camp. This was a huge thing for me. Living in a little country town, uh, that was it, man. We were gearing up for youth camp. We were saving stuff. I made sure I bought the best water gun I could find. I had everything stacked up. I had all of my stuff collected, and I was ready to go. And we would pack up every summer. And we'd make a two-hour drive from my hometown, uh, the beautiful metropolis of Buna, Texas, and we would drive to Lufkin, which is in the middle of the Piney Woods. Anybody else here know where Lufkin's at? I uh, got a few here, man, hallelujah. And there we would learn about God. We would learn principles of the Word of God. Uh, it, it, we did have a lot of fun. We played a lot of baseball, had a few pillow fights here and there, but overall... We learned about God. And uh, there was one experience that, you know, it was always that Friday night. We were just, it was just like Monday, Tuesday, everything just escalated. It just got a little bit better, a little bit more, more spiritual, a little bit more powerful. And then it all came to the crescendo on Friday night. And I remember one Friday night, my mom and dad picked me up, and all I could do was Pray. All I could do was weep. The power of God was so strong. In the back seat of that car as we were driving home, I spoke in tongues all the way home, interceding for I didn't know what it was. I just knew that the presence of God was so strong in me. I was like, God has a purpose. And as I grew older, it was It was rough. My last, uh, last year in the youth camp was my senior year in high school. But I had a blessing. I was blessed to go to a little, another, uh, little country church where my Bible school teacher was actually a uh, Bible college teacher at St. Paul, Minnesota. He had relocated to my little country town all the way from Minnesota down to a little town where I lived in Evadale. His name was Benny Curtivo. He was a Minister of the Gospel, a Minister of the Word of God, and he taught me principles of the Word of God that are still in me today. He was my first connection with the Filipino. He was a wonderful man. I was so close to the family, and he he was from the state of Hawaii. and so he brought that culture to me. He brought the Word of God and the principles of and, and I can remember this day, He's he would say, Michael, it doesn't matter what you go through, you've got to stay in the Word. And, I, and he put that in me years ago. He said, you can do anything you want if you get outside the Word, but the second you get out of the Word, you're out of the will of God. So thinking back in that little country town of, four young people, if you're frustrated with the youth group, you shouldn't be because it was just four of us, and we were all family, so it was not not a lot of fun. So, But looking back where God had put key people in my life, God must have had a plan. He must have had a purpose. And as many young people you know we would go to the youth camp and we were looking for a potential other a potential spouse and and then we'd hear stories of some of these these young people would meet and they would sit together and they'd start dating and then and before you knew it they were getting married and they were becoming missionaries and pastors and evangelists and well that wasn't me i just got married i was 19 years old when i first got married my My lovely wife is my last wife. I'm not having any more but uh, I was nineteen. I was in in college, and uh, for me, uh, I didn't think there was ever going to be a happily ever after. Uh, it was ten years of a, a difficult relationship that I found myself at the end. I found myself sitting on a bar, bar stool in a dark, dingy room, uh, wondering how, wondering why. All of my life fell apart. But while I was sitting there, just in my own misery, I heard a voice in my mind. It said, Michael, what are you doing here? Why are you here? You don't belong here, and I didn't understand it. But God had a purpose. One weekend, I know uh, I'm that mushy guy. I'm, the, I'm real. I just never was real hard headed or stubborn. My wife will argue differently, but my uh, my grand my mother invited me to come to church. I wasn't going to church. I was living in the world. I was disobedient. I was, a, just wasn't living right. And my mom invited me to church. She said, Mike, I'd really like to have you come to church. I said, ah, okay. I give, I, I, I'm a sucker. And as the, the presence of God came into that little country church, conviction came on me. So strong, so powerful. And it's just like somebody put their arms around me and said, I still love you. I haven't never left you. And when I opened my eyes, it was my grandmother. I lost her in 2012. And so thinking back on this story, it it brought back a lot of memories. She loved me. And she knew God was talking to her, and she knew the same message I had already heard when I was sitting in the bar. I didn't belong there. I belonged right where I was at. I belonged to be, I should have been in the church. I should have been in the house of God. God has purpose for me. And she whispered those same words in my ear Michael, you know you don't belong out there. You belong here in the presence of God. That day, I allowed myself to get renewed in the Spirit, renew my relationship with God, and and just repair all of the damage. It took a while to get get repaired. I was damaged, and I had a, a, a lot of things that I had to go through and get help. But God had a plan. When I was a little boy, I was four years old, cancer tried to take me. I had a tumor underneath my neck. God healed it when I was only four. When I was a young man, when I was just a little boy, swimming in a swim pool with a bunch of kids, I almost drowned. God saved me. He spared me. And I can't, I, can't, I can't even name the amount of times that God rescued me from traffic accidents and, and, and opportunities that my life could have been snapped away in just a fraction of a second. He took me out of a world of, of, of potential violence and just becoming another shooting statistic. If the devil could have just made me give up on myself, then he had a chance of taking me. I can't give up. I can never quit. I have nowhere else to go. Because my God has never given up on me. He has given me a purpose. I'm here today as a testimony of grace and mercy of God. I'm here today because I listened to the voice of God. I'm here today because I have submitted myself to the man of God. I'm not perfect, but I am so thankful that I'm forgiven because I know God has a plan for me. He also has a plan for you. If you'll just stop and you'll listen to His voice. And on my way to church today, God spoke to me. He said, "He said, I want you to consider this. In Luke chapter 24, verse 49, And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry, in the city of Jerusalem until he be anewed with, on high, with power on high. I cannot walk. I, I, my walk with God began with a Calvary experience. Then my experience grew into a relationship with God, his word, his spirit, and his man of God. You cannot dwell in just the experience. You must live in the relationship. I'm here to tell you today, God has a plan for you. Where else would you go?